great privilege to introduce to you, straight from Long Island, New York, Jimmy Jack. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. Look at these young warriors for God. Come on, somebody. I am so honored to be here. And, uh, you know, we've had just such incredible ministry time in Long Island at Rock the Block and, and Dominican Republic. And your team has always been on fire. Someone say fire. Fuego! Come on, somebody. Amen. And so, you know, we come here from Long Island Teen Challenge, but we oversee all of New York Teen Challenge. And we have Buffalo Teen Challenge, Syracuse Teen Challenge, Long Island Teen Challenge, Albany Teen Challenge, and Brooklyn Teen Challenge now that we're overseeing in Dominican Republic Teen Challenge as well. And uh, my state director and executive director of Dominican Republic Teen Challenge is Ray. And Ray's been in charge of all your emissions teams. Ray, stand. Amen. Ray got saved through Teen Challenge about 25 years ago. Thank God. Amen. And uh, uh, I'm just so thankful for Pastor Phil and Pastor Ryan and Sister Becky and all of you here for uh, having us out here to minister God's word. Amen. And uh, you have such a great team. And uh, was it Ben picked us up and he was on fire yesterday. And I just said, man, we're going to have a great time. Amen. Uh, there's Ben, amen, and uh, Ben told me all about how he got hooked up with his wife. You're a Christian, I'm a Christian, let's do it, amen, something like that, something like that, and, uh, and so uh, I'm just happy to be here. I, I, I really want God to move in our lives. Uh, don't you want that? You know, I, I don't know about you, I just don't want to come to church and have church. I think we need to be the church, amen, and so I want to share a word with you that God put in my heart. You know, I really didn't even know that was the theme. And that is the message that I have today with you. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Amen. Acts chapter 4, quickly, Acts chapter 4. And as we look into the book of Acts, we're going to see word and spirit all over the place. Amen. But in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, I just want to read till verse 16 to really just summarize the message that God gave me today for all of us here. Acts 4. 4 verse 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. Key word. And they knew and realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed that a notable miracle has been done through them, and it's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Amen? How many here knows God can do the miraculous? No matter what it is, God can do it. Amen? Can't deny it. Hallelujah. So I want to just pray and ask you to remain standing. But Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on your, on your heart right now. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would empower us with the Holy Ghost. I pray for the Word of God to go forth with power, might, and love. I pray to transform us, God, and commission us to do your work. God, you brought us up out of darkness into your marvelous light that we might proclaim your praises. Thank you for pulling us out of the pit so we can be in 
incredible person with a prophetic message to proclaim to the land that you are God and there is no other. I pray a touch from heaven on this church, the building program, the youth, every ministry, the children. God, I thank you for the demonstration of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we're seeing throughout this church. Now, God, empower us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, give God another clap offering. Now, I know, I know, Stay, remain standing, remember, remain standing. Listen, here's what I want you to do. Know this, I do this all over the world, I've done it in DR with all of you. All, know this, the Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 4, it says, he who's born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory. Someone say victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Am I right? Now, I discovered a couple of years ago what this word victory means, and I do this all over the world, India, Poland, everywhere. The word victory in the original Greek means Nike. Come on, someone say Nike. Now, when I first discovered that, I got angry. You know why? Nike stole our logo, and Nike's taking our money. Come on. We're taking it back. We're going to the enemy's camp, taking back what he stole from us. Amen. Because I discovered that a Nike isn't one that just knows how to kick a ball or throw a ball, put it through a hoop or, or, or a goal. That a true Nike has faith in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Great I Am. Come on, someone say Nike. Therefore, the sign of a Nike is two hands that you got the victory. Come on, two hands up toward heaven. When I say go, wait for this. When I say go, give your neighbor on your right or left a big double high five and yell at them. You got the victory. Ready? Go. You got the victory, brother. Come on, give the king of kings a big victory clap offering. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. How many here know that I don't believe in atheists, Pastor? I believe they're just constipated, spiritually speaking. No, I really do. I know, don't, get, don't get me wrong. I really do. I just think they're just like shoved, you know. Because, you know, it's, for instance, there was this elderly woman, and one day, she, every day she wakes up in the morning. And, you know, you, not, you don't say old lady. You say elderly, mature. Anyway, no lady wakes up every morning. And so every morning she goes, Jesus, I love you. Bless you, God. Bright in the morning. Praise God. You know, start speaking in tongues, whatever. Next door neighbor, uh, house is empty moves in and it's an atheist man and every morning he gets to go to work at 6 a.m. He has to rush to work and grandma is preaching. Amen? Every morning he has to witness this. So he gets comfortable finally. So his grandma says, he says, you know, Lord bless you, Lord. Jesus, I love you. Thank you, God. And he yells over, Jesus is dead and there is no God and runs off the work all constipated. Amen. I don't see happy atheists. I don't know about you. Because all day long, they're going to go, God's not real. God's not real. God's not real. God's right now. Amen. I, I, I just look at Ray and I know God's real. If you're saved, God's real. Amen. Come on. And so this goes on and on and on. God's not dead. God, Jesus is dead. And God, bless you. so they're fighting. Finally, the old lady one morning wakes up and says, Jesus, I love you. God, you're awesome. Bless you. But Lord, I need groceries. Would you provide for me this day? Well, the atheist hears that. He finally smiles. Jesus is dead. God's not alive. And he's finally smiling. Shoots off the work. After work, guess what he does? He goes to the store. He buys six grocery bags of hooked up food, steaks, and about four in the morning, like the Grinch, he sneaks over and puts him at grandma's house right in front of her door. So when she wakes up in the morning, says, Jesus, I love you. God bless you today. And Lord, Thank you for providing these groceries for me this day. 
to which he yells over, Jesus is dead and, and God's not real and I'm the one who provided those groceries for you today. To which she runs up and says, Jesus, I love you. God, you're awesome. And Lord, thank you for providing these groceries for me today and making the devil pay for it. How many of you are ready to make the devil pay for it? Yes. Hallelujah. Just by you being here today, you're making the devil pay for it. Amen. So we see this incredible journey here and an incredible story about these men. Now, it's all the apostles and it's all the disciples, but two are mentioned particularly, Peter and John. I love this story because it's so relevant to all of us, especially the kid, me. Amen. Because what we see here is, is, is these incredible divine transforming dynamics that took place in their lives. Let me give you two, but three, I'll, I added on. I'll share that with you this morning. But the first divine encounter we see that transformed our life. But here's the message today. Transformed and commissioned. Transformed and commissioned. How many here know God transforms you so he can commission you? Amen? Amen? Listen, he, he did not just transform you so you can have a nice house and a hookup and a nice church. He's transformed with you because you got a purpose. Amen? And, and, and if you remember the message, it said, it said they were uneducated, untrained, and they marveled. Someone say marvel. Because my subtitle is Raising Up Modern Marvels for the Kingdom of God. Amen? Modern marvels. So as we look in this portion of Scripture, the first dynamic that I see transforming commission is, is, is this. Transform the commission by the Word of God. Someone say Word Up. Back in the day when I ran the streets, we used to say, yo, word up, man. When we used to talk, that was a slang. I don't know if it was out here, but that's what in New York. We would be hitting the streets. Yo, man, you hear about this? Yo, word up. We'd be like, word up. And I was like, for real? Amen. Now I know word up. Word up is for real. Come on, somebody. Amen. Someone say word up. Because word will bring you up. Amen. <laughs> so word up. But anyway, what we see here is the word of God transformed them. As we look at this portion of scripture, it describes Peter and John's miracle testimony of their transformed life. There's several facts that I want to point out. Fact number one, Peter and John were thought as being uneducated. Amen? And you know what that means? Intellectually inadequate or theologically inferior. Number two, it says Peter and John, not only uneducated, but it says they were untrained. And so they thought they were untrained. And you know where the word untrained in the Greek, literally you get our word idiot. They thought they were a bunch of idiots. That's literally the Greek word, idiotis or ignoramus. Have you ever heard of ignoramus? Amen. How many were ever called an idiot? My wife did about a couple of months. I'm just kidding. Don't say that. Anyway, what does it mean? It means here vocational ina vocationally inadequate and ministerial inferior. They were inferior. They were failures. They were they were they were literally inadequate. Number three, fact number three, a notable miracle had been done. Fact number four, this miracle was evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. Fact number five, and they cannot deny it. Fact number six, they perceived that they had been uneducated, untrained, but they marveled, someone say marvel, because they had been with Jesus. Come on, somebody. When Jesus is with you, and when you're with Jesus, your life radically changes. He transforms us. Hallelujah. That's what happened to you, and that's what happened to me, and that's why I'm here today. But let me give you another fact. Fact number seven. This is awesome. God uses the foolish things of the world. Someone say amen to that. 
I don't know about you, but when I first got saved, you got to understand something. I didn't know how to read. And when I first got saved, let me just rewind. I come from a crazy family. I'll share my testimony in a little more detail, but I'm the youngest of nine, and all hell broke out of my family. I'm telling you, all hell broke out of my family. So I, I'll, I'll explain in a little while, but at age, at age, I don't know what age I was, but at second grade, I stopped reading. I just, I listen, National Geographic was my book. I love pictures, amen, Sports Illustrated. But I stopped reading, yet I graduated with a Regents Diploma in high school. How did I do that? I learned how to cheat. Hey, I'm, now don't listen to me over here, you young folks. I did. I discovered something when I was in second grade. If you had glasses, you were smart. Because I was convinced you burned your eyes out from reading. And I was convinced at second grade, the thicker the glasses, the smarter the person. So I always sat behind, you know, you know, Poindexter and Sally and Philly Photo and everybody else. I sat next to Sally, right behind her. And I would flirt with Sally, no matter if she had braces, ugly, don't matter. Oh, Sally, you're so cute. Why? I didn't want her to tell on me. Because if she found out I was she, I, I, so I got over, amen, all through college, all through high school. Then I get saved, and I've got to, now, 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 I can't cheat anymore. Are you hearing me? I'm for real, never cheated in my life. If they got saved, this was this. So I'm, I'm afraid. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, and then, then all of a sudden they give me this Bible in Teen Challenge, the second or the first, probably the second day I was there, they gave me this Bible. It was like the New Life Living uh, English Grammar version of the Bible. It was like, see Jesus run, run Jesus, walk Jesus. I was like, this is awesome. I'm like, Dr. Seuss wrote this, right? Am I right? Dr. Cat and Hat Guy, right? I'm not kidding. I was like, this is awesome. I could start reading that stuff. But I still didn't really, you know, know it too well. And then all of a sudden, some dude who knew how to read, he, he yells, he goes, yo, fellas, is what? He goes, yo, check this out. Turn to first Corinthians chapter one. And I'm like, Corinthians, what? Corinthians, yeah, it's near Ephesians. You know, I'm like, wow, it's over my what? I'm like, hey, what's this Greek I never heard Corinthians. What happened to Matthew and all the nice So anyway, we, he goes, well, what page is it on? They go, like, you know, 362. Well, we have all different numbers, so we can't figure out. So finally, second grade, I remembered index. I said, yo, brothers, index, go to the index. So we shoot over to the index. Fifteen minutes later, we go, I got it, man. I got it. Now we're exhausted. I got it. I, we're all, and then one guy, a fight breaks out. I got it before you. No good. Sir. I got it before. No, no, calm down. We were not sanctified. Then all of a sudden, we're like, okay, read. We're exhausted, but read that thing now. So all of a sudden, he read that prophetic word from Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Apostle Paul said for you, do you see your calling, brethren? that not many wise are called. We were like, time out. So far, so good. <laughs> no wisdom in this room. We don't even know how to read. Go for it. And, so, and not many mighty are called. We we're all defeated. We're all <laughs> we ain't mighty. Ain't no mighty. You know, we don't understand the word yet. You know, we're going to become that. We don't know that yet. And then it says, and, and not many noble are called. Well, there ain't no nobility in this room. Missing teeth, bug messed up, you know, just, you know, all whacked. And then he says, but God. So it say, but God. But then he read, but God, God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God has, has chosen the foolish world to put to shame the mighty. And God has chosen the base things of the world. The things are not to make them things there are. And by the time he finished reading that, there was 12 ex-dope fiends giving high five to each other going, we're in the Bible. 
Bible, baby. We're in the Bible. Thank God he uses the foolish things of the world. Come on. Tell your neighbor we're qualified. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. That was my first revelation of the word of God. How many of you knows the word of God to rock your world? Amen. I love Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says, God makes all things beautiful in his time. Tell your neighbor, keep waiting. I'm just kidding. Don't say that. But when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. They realized they had been with Jesus. See, Jesus is the living word, and the word of God is living, powerful, because Jesus is the word. And I love what Pastor prayed. Pastor prayed over us the favor of God in, in your office. And I believe he prayed it here, and he prayed at the other services. And the problem with that word in America is that we have Americanized that word, the favor of God. Someone say favor. Because we think the favor of God is a nice house, a hooked up girl or a man, and a good digit means a job, and I got a nice car, some diamonds, and a, and a nice Michael Kors, and a Louis this, and I got favor. That ain't favor, folks. That's American favor. Because when you really recognize what the favor of God is, it's really found and defined in Matthew's gospel as well as Luke's, where it says, Mary, you have been fine. You are highly favored. I recognize what Mary had that we need to have is Jesus. And I discovered that really the favor of God is the presence of Jesus in your life. How many here know this? That we could come out and there is a product of the favor where God blesses you and you have a nice house and a nice church. I get it. But I have been in Tanzania. We've been in Kenya. I've been in India. I've been in mud huts. And I've seen people living in mud huts with the favor of God all over them. Why? They've had the joy of the Lord. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the center and the aura of God is all over him. And that's the favor of God. And that's the favor we need today, amen? And that comes from the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. It's Jesus in you. The Word became flesh. Watch this. I like this, Pastor. No, no big revelation. But the Word, who, someone say Jesus is the Word. Say that, Jesus is the Word. The Word became flesh, so the flesh, our flesh can become the Word. Think about that. The Word became flesh. So our flesh can become the word. The word became flesh. And when the flesh becomes the word in you, God radically transforms your life. And when these fleshly failures became the word, the disciples rocked the world. As we know, these are those who, who, who turned the world upside down. And, and, and why? They were transformed in commission. They were modern day marvels. I love what the little boy said. He, 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 he's a... Uh, He's supposed to memorize, you know, the, the Bible. He says, the Bible begins with Genesis and it ends with revolutions. Come on, they got it right, amen, Pastor? It does. It begins with Genesis and it ends with revolutions. Come on. Hallelujah. God's word transforms you. God's words transforms you. It transforms your life. And when that word comes in, it radically changes you. I come from a crazy life as I shared with you. Let me share this with you. I come from great parents. Every one of my brothers and sisters, nine of us, were all drug addicts, crazy gang members, lunatics. Why was that with good parents? I'll tell you the story. Back in 1962, my mother and father, my father's a World War II hero, POW, shot down 13th mission. He was a tail gunner for a flying fortress, B-17, tail gunner. 
And so he watched all the payloads of bombs, which nobody else watched. He watched them. He watched them. Hundreds of bombs on the, on the Flying Fortress dump. And I'll tell you that, I say that to say, and then he was shot down 13th, uh, 13th mission in Berlin, uh, Berlin Germany, and, uh, and, then, and then put in a prison war camp and tortured for two years, MIA. My mother was home praying for him. And then he got out, he was a hero. He went to Cortland University, he became a Hall of Famer, and then he became the first coach of Hoster University, you saw where they had the debate there, and then he became the first athletic director of the largest school district in Levittown after World War II, the baby boom. They started just building houses and open up schools spread around. He was over 27 schools. So he, I mean, that's a pretty good role. In fact, he instituted and pioneered the basketball, wrestling, and football championships that spread all through New York City today. He's the founder. See, I mean, he made his mark a mark. And so, and, and it was very interesting because the president of, of, uh, of, of, of Saks Fifth Avenue, uh, Rosemarie Bravo, and she also became the president of, uh, I can't remember this other thing, of, uh, what was it called? Uh, Burberry. Burberry, uh, to which I befriended her. And she's, I, I'm, I'm, she's a very good friend of mine now. I, I go to her house and hang out and I'm opening up the scrapbook of her husband, Billy, who went to Hempstead. And sure enough, there's my father in the scrapbook. Book. I said, this is awesome. So it made a very impact. So then my mother, she is an incredible activist, and we live next to the Catholic Church. I mean, my backyard touched the Catholic Church. My other backyard touched the elementary school, the Catholicism. So I was raised in Catholicism, and the Catholic Church called my mother, but my mother, she fell in love with the black community. Down the block was a grocery store, white community here, but on the other side of the grocery store was the black community, and my mother fell in love with the cashiers. And so, 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 so my mother calls the Catholic Church, says, if there's any black families that need help, please let us know. We'll do what we can do. I'm the youngest of nine. We don't have a big house. The Catholic Church calls my mother, the Eggleston family. This is before urban renewal means they knocked down houses, built projects. They had houses. The house burned down. A, a black family of nine, my, the Catholic Church calls and says, Mrs. Jack, can you help this family? Think we get her clothes and food. No, my mother says, move them in. I'm not kidding, this is 1960. I wake up one morning, and there's black bodies all over the, cr the crib, the house, the house. You don't know what the crib means. That's another, that stuff comes out of me, the house. And we woke up, we're like, what's up? You hear what's up? That didn't come from the hood. That came from the white Jack family. Black people, you know, claim they coined it, baloney. We were like, what's up? You know, and so, so automatically we're getting into fights. Why? Because we're hitting the refrigerator, fighting over the food, not because they were black. Then, the, then the true story, a month later, two Cuban refugees are lost in the New York City subway system. Catholic Church calls my mother. My mother moves them in. And, and, and it was like Roberto and Manuel, upstairs, second floor, no spat of English at all. They're going, que pasa? We got the black family downstairs, the Cuban family upstairs. I mean, we got an unbelievable, I mean, my mother was colorblind, I'm telling you. I mean, you would not believe my family. My family, listen, we got Moroccan, Chinese, black, Spanish, Puerto Rican, Colombian, white, Presbyterian, Muslim, some of your God, Buddhist. We got the whole thing. I mean, we're throw down on Thanksgiving. We have, listen, roscompollo, platanos, come on, collard greens, black-eyed peas, and trotters. You know what that is. That means pig's feet. And black, listen, potato pancakes, spaghetti and meatball, cabbage and ham. We throw down. Come on. They go, what are you? I went to CBC. They thought I was Mexican because I have a Spanish wife. My, my wife's Puerto Rican, you know. Mexican. Do I look Mexican? You know? They go, what are you? I said, well, inside I'm black, Italian, and Puerto Rican, but outside I'm Scottish. I'm, I'm a Scotsman, but I don't wear the dress thing. You get it? Because people think Jimmy Jack is a nickname. Jack is a Scottish name, literally. Amen? But anyway, that was a cool story. 
but it ended up deadly. Why? The white community rejected us. The black community accepted us. Let me tell you about my mother. My mother initiated the civil rights movement in our town. On the borderline of Queens, had Martin Luther King, because we live in a very prejudiced, separated town, so much so that my mother's civil rights team initiated and orchestrated Martin Luther King to preach in three of our towns, Hempstead, Rockland Center, and Lakeview. Three of our towns, and all the meetings were at my living room. We had the Last Supper table. I'm not kidding. Just think of this, the Last Supper. We used to get beat up and all that stuff, you know, back in the day. And, and, and Martin Luther King, on the third meeting, was coming to my house over to our house to sit with our meeting, gather everybody to pump it. It got so big, we had to move it to, to the school. So if you think of that, it's a pretty cool thing. Pop was rocking it. Mom was rocking it. How many people can say Martin Luther King was coming to your house? Amen? However, the devil peeped into our destiny. And you see, the devil peeps into your destiny because to see something and puts full throttle after your, yourself. <laughs> and so what took place was this. All the white community rejected us. The, the black community accepted us. So, I, so third chapter of my book, I have my book outside called I Can Dream Again. The third chapter of my book is a white boy in a black world. Identity was just scrabbled. Didn't know who we were, what we were. Everybody hated us except the black community. And so that's all we hung out. That's all we were accepted. Later on, it got, it got diverse, of course, because drug kind of diverses you. And so we were called white trash, beat, black lovers, and lovers. The lower, we were seen lower than even white people in the understanding of the eyes of trash from the white community back in the day. So what happens in that situation? Mom's a hero, dad's a hero. So what's going on? Through that mess, I can't even tell you, because what happens with the devil, and when you don't have Christ, because we didn't have Christ, we had a religion, but we didn't have the word of God. Come on. We had a form of religion, but denied the power of, which is the word of God. Remember, transform the commission by God's word. And so what took place is that though you begin to hear the lie, you begin to ponder the lie, you begin to believe the lie, and you become the lie. They were anti against us, so all my brothers and sisters, drug craze, knife killers, gang fighters, you just crazy lunatics. I turned into a mess. So we were so messed up that this broke the heart of my mother and father who fought so desperately that both of them had mental breakdowns and ended up in psych wards, in the most vicious psych wards in Long Island. My father, the war hero in Pilgrim State, they closed it down. It was so bad. South Brunswick, my mother, addicted to psychotropic drugs. My mother got so messed up that her face was ulcerated with a huge open sore that you could see the bone and the ear was growing into the bone area. And she had matted hair, this little warrior. Think about who she was, this little hero. It's like the world got her. The world defeated her. And so the doctors, all they knew was prescriptions. So she was so saturated with drugs that my mother would march with the marching syndrome. Smoke four packs of cigarettes a day, chain smoke like this. And it was, it was just horrible sight. I love my, I'm the youngest, so I love my mother. But something dribbled out of my mother's mouth that till day literally inspires me. My mother, with her little Catholicism, and in my understanding of Catholicism, dripped out of her mouth Psalms 23, verse 5. What would she say? My cup runneth over. Just in her insanity, my cup crying, my cup runneth over, and marching. My cup, so much so that it infuriated me. I literally would go by, take the cigarette out of my mother's, put it, put it back, and say, stop, Ma. You, we're cursed. Look at us. Because I knew 
what really Psalms 23 meant, verse 5, cup running over is like the blight, like favor of God. There's no favor in our lives. There's no Jesus in our house. It's nothing but a bunch of sin. We're defeated. We're gone. We're the white trash. We're the garbage dump. We have 15 divorces. Everybody's a drug addict. Everybody's going. I said, Ma, stop it. We're cursed. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. And then finally, my mother had enough. She walks upstairs in her bedroom, and she knew she was going to end her life. And she went to gather all of her pills. As she goes upstairs, she gathers all of her pills. She's about to take them. But thank God she turned on that little black and white television back in the early 70s. You remember the little black and white televisions we used to have with rabbit ears? With aluminum foil around the day. These young people don't know nothing about that. Five good old, all we needed was five channels, Pastor. You had two. Oh, New York. We were ahead of time. We had channel two, channel four, channel five, channel seven, channel nine, 13 for some weird thing, channel 21 if you want Puerto Rican. 12 o'clock, we were Patriots, baby. We were doing the stars. I'm not thinking the flag came on. You couldn't watch TV after 12 o'clock. What's up? <laughs> thank God. But thank God. Watch. My mother turns on the TV, and she's about to end her life, miserable, gone, or rather give it up, but God. So it's a but God. And you know what took place? Billy Graham came on TV, and Billy Graham began to preach. My mother, as she's about to end her life, listens to the word of God. Billy Graham said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thou household. And my mother threw the pills down in her mental illness. She jumped down on her bedpost, and for ten straight days, day one, God deliver me. Day two, deliver my family. Day three, forgive me. And on day ten, my mother stepped out, born again healed, filled with the Holy Ghost and said, devil, you're going to pay for this. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you what that tells me, pastor. And don't forget this. That tells me whenever you're going through something downstairs, because downstairs, as my mother was upstairs, we had no clue. We're downstairs shooting heroin, cursing, fornicating, adultery, all the kind of crimes going on on the first floor. But upstairs, a miracle was in the making. What does that tell me? When you're going through hell, know this. God's got a miracle plan in the mix. Never forget that. My cup runneth over. Hallelujah. The word of God came through and transformed my mother's life. Hallelujah. The word of God. Folks, it's not a cliche, amen? Are you hearing me? I remember I was working with Larry Walters. This guy got saved in my program and he's having a hard time. One of my staff wants to quit. I said, Larry, listen, don't forget this. The Bible says, trust the Lord all your heart, lean on your understanding. You know what he said to me, Pastor? Oh, I'm tired of those cliches. I said, Larry, if I could just go through the phone, I wanted to choke him. No wonder you're such a knucklehead. No wonder you want to quit. Can I tell you that the word of God is not a cliche? Are you with me? How many know the word of God is better than Coca-Cola? 
which boasts is the real thing. Oh, no, folks. Oh, I want to tell you the real thing. It's the real thing. Hallelujah. And you don't need caffeine. How many here know the word of God is better than Burger King? Which boasts, have it your way. Uh-uh. Not with God's word. It's his way or the highway, baby. How many here know it's better than Lay's potato chips, which boasts what? You just can't eat one. Can I tell you, you just can't drink one. The Bible says out of the depths of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The bag never gets empty. And for some of you who are 45 and over, it's better than Maxwell Health's coffee. Which boasts, it's good to the last. Oh, you old timers. Can I tell you that God's word never stops dropping? Hallelujah, the flower fades and the grass fades away, but the word of God adores forever. How many know it's better than Alka-Seltzer? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Can I tell you what the word of God says? Drop, drop, dead, dead, and I'll show you what salvation is. Hey, check this out. It's even better than certs, which boasts it's two, two, two mints in one. Can I tell you about my God, about my Jesus? He's three, three, three gods in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy. Oh, you're not getting this. <laughs> and finally, he's better than Budweiser. Can I get an amen? Because Budweiser boasts what? The king of beers? Can I tell you about my Jesus? He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the great I am. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the lily of the valley. He's the one that changes lives. Hallelujah. Number two, that was transformed and commissioned by the word of God. But look what it says, word and spirit, Amen. Number two, the next divine dynamic that takes place in Peter and, Paul's life, Peter and John's life is they were transformed by the fire of the Holy Spirit. What was happening at that moment in time, Pastor? Don't forget what was happening. How many here like to party? I do. Raise your hand. I do cookies, popcorn, soda. We do movies. Ask my family. I got a, I got a sweatpants. It's partying, baby. My kids got it for me. Right now, I'm going to call when I'm coming on my own. What are we doing? We're partying, Dad. I'm telling you, we get a movie, we eat, we throw down. How many here? Christians love to eat. Anyway, but these boys are coming from an Acts party. They were partying, baby. They came from Acts chapter 1, which was the promise. Amen? You shall receive power. They came from Acts chapter 2, which was the presence. Amen? They were all together in one accord, and a mighty Russian wind came upon them. They were baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. And they were Acts chapter 3. They came from the power. What did they say to this lame man? Paul, listen, think about Peter and Paul. They were gone, baby. They were gone. They didn't know who would get, get out of my way. A guy comes up and says, give me money. He said, give me money. What did they say? Silver and gold have I not, but what I give to you. Come on. They gave him the power of God. It says they could not deny it. Seeing the man that was healed next to him, they could not deny it. Come on. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and ready to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and change the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Someone say Passion. You know, I was with Jim Similar many times and ministering with him. And, and one time, the first time we really sat and spoke together, uh, 
He said, Jimmy, what, do you, what makes a difference of a missions-given church? And I, I, said, I, said, I said, passion. He goes, you're right. They have passion. What is passion? There's the fire and love and the word of God that flows. Like your pastor and Becky and Pastor Phil. I see the passion in him. He's just like me. I said, that's how I do it, man. I would have got up too. Get up. Why, why do we even have to tell you to get up? Becky, you need, I don't, shouldn't be here going like this. Get up. And I got to do the same thing. Saying, what's up? <laughs> but there's passion. Amen. What did, I, what did I see in Ben? Passion. Amen. Especially his, uh, what do you say? He likes to watch those videos and kill people. Passion. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> How about Phil? Hey, Phil's got some passion. Come on. How many of you had two sets of twins? That boy's got some passion. I'm like, for real, Phil? You got two sets of twins? I mean, Ryan. Sorry, Ryan. Sorry. Phil, I don't, I don't comply. Phil, I'm sorry. Ryan. I'm sorry, Ryan. There they are. There's one. I love There's one or two. And his beautiful wife. Bless you. Come on. A miracle maker. But here's the deal. When you get saved, the word of God, it sets you on fire. I remember in Johannesburg, my friend, uh, Yos, he's uh, the pastor, executive director of, of uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, uh, Teen Challenge. And so he, he shared with me about how we were out in this marketplace to having like a rock the block. And so as they're preaching, preaching, the pastor, he's an evangelist, and so he gets up, and he's preaching, he's preaching, and gives an altar call. At the end of the altar call, suddenly, this young man, who's a real drug addict and a pothead, comes up, and it's at the end. And he says, yo, pastor. He says, what? He says, what can I do? He says, can I have your Bible? He says, what do you want my Bible for? He goes, those pages, man, they make good paper to roll my marijuana. I can smoke my pot with them. I can't get paper like that out here. And the preacher said, are you for real? He said, yeah, preacher's anointed. He says, all right, I'll tell you what, young man. If I give you my Bible, you promise me one thing. He said, what? You read every page before you smoke it. <laughs> True story. And the young man said, you got it, preacher. Two years later, same place, street rally, rock the block thing going on. Gives an altar call. End of the altar call, this young man comes up looking like Ryan, all shiny and everything. I don't know if he has twins, but he's up all, all clean, smiling like this and glowing. He says, hey, excuse me, pastor. Yes. Do you remember me? He says, no, I've never seen you before in my life. He laughed. He says, do you remember two years ago, a drug addict pothead came to you and asked for your Bible so he could smoke his marijuana? He goes, yeah. He goes, that's me. He goes, get out of here. He said, what happened? He said, pastor, I smoked Matthew. <laughs> he said, then I smoked Mark. He said, I went on to Luke, Pastor. He said, after smoking Luke, I went to John, and Pastor, John smoked me. Come on, somebody. I want to let you know when the word of God gets in you, it fires you up. It'll smoke you. Tell your neighbor you've been smoked. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love it, man. I'm going to tell you something. I love it. You know, let me tell you how I learned about the power of the Holy Ghost. I was eight months in the program, didn't have the Holy Ghost, but this is what fired me up. David Wilkerson, I was a part of the ministry as a student when David Wilkerson came back. That's how, I, that's how me and Brother Dave hit it off and done. Because I was in charge as a student setting up the stages for Brother Dave to preach. I instantly fell in love with evangelism. Instantly, passionately fell in love. Especially with the groups of people that would come out to help him. During the summer, these people from, no from Dakota, you know, and Oklahoma, and Michigan 
would come out to New York City and pay for two weeks to come out and evangelize. I, that was tough for me to comprehend. And then they were different. You could tell they were different. Back then they wore like boat shoes and black socks and knapsacks. You know, back, back then we, they were what we call the mugger magnets. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know what a mugger magnet is? It's like, yo, man, don't walk alone like that. You're going to get mugged, you know. But these dudes were bad. They were. They came. They had one dude named George. He was 85 years old. I'm not kidding. His neck like froze, so his whole hunchback, skinny chicken legs, and all he did was pass out checks, G tracks. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. So I'm getting fired up. So my deal was this. When we had a street rally, David Wilkinson preaching, I'd leave the, the, the platform. Everything's set. Put something I wanted to go out and evangelize and get people prepared to go to the altar call. And so I would pick out the, the most craziest looking people that would intimidate me. Because I figured that's my calling. So if you looked crazy and you scared me, I said, oh, gosh. Okay, God, I'll go witness it. So there's this crazy Puerto Rican lunatic dude looking at Brother Dave, like growling. You know, All right, I'll go. So I go up to him. I said, excuse me, sir. That's David Wilkerson. In a little while, he's going to ask people to come up and give their lives to the Lord. I'll go up with you if you'd like. His head did like a 360. And he goes, you want to try to get this demon out of me? And I went, no, not the kid. I'm eight months into this thing. I don't even have the Holy Ghost. I'm not kidding. True story. But I go, I know who will. I went over here. Here's these Oklahomaites, mission, mission, you know, and, and Dakotaites. And joy. And I said, yo, fellas, oh, well, see that dude? He goes, what? He's got a demon in him. They go, where? I go, right there. Man, they had their Bible. They ran after him. Didn't even blend. Like, this is our moment. And they jumped on the dude. I'm not kidding. Six of them jump on him. He shakes him off. And I'm backing up because I, I know how to street fight. So I figured they're fighting. I'll jump in to fight. But I, I'm not doing this spiritual thing. Yeah? But I, so I, this is 84. Now, Pastor, you remember the, the oil, the buckets, the throw, and naming the demons. Well, I was, I'm good. I could pick up. So, so he, he does He He runs breaks and dives on the ground. Dave Wilkes is still preaching, mind you. And he starts digging. And I back up and go, he's got a mole demon, a mole demon, I think. I don't know. Trying to help you guys out. I'm backing up. They dive, dig after him. You know, they're digging the ground, hitting him with the, he gets up, runs toward Brother Dave. Now my fighting thing and I go, oh, shoot. So I start running at the thing. I'm going to have to die. But an angel, like, kicks him, I think. And the guy goes flying away from the platform into the bushes. I'm not kidding you. All 12 of them dove in the bushes. I'm not kidding. The guy's head would pop up, and they'd hit him with a Bible. Pop down. He's, like, trying to help. The old man, George, is sticking a track in the guy's mouth, going, Jesus, love you. In his ear, you know. And about after 10 minutes, they lift him up. The guy is sober, born again. They put him in a van. He goes to Teen Challenge. I said, I love this stuff. I want that fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 How many here need the fire of God in your life? Folks, you've got to understand about the fire of God. Because it was the fire of God that, that ignited the church. It was the fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost that initiated the New Testament church. Don't miss this. The founding of the New Testament church, Ecclesia, which is called church, which means called out. It was birthed on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was the distinctive manifestation of God's power unleashed into the hearts of, the, of God's people. 
Listen, it was the fulfillment promise of our founding fathers from Isaiah to Malachi and mothers from Jeremiah to Ezekiel to Daniel to in the establishment of the New Testament church of Jesus Christ. It was a small group in an upper room. That's all God needs is a bunch of handful of people. The Holy Spirit is mentioned 50 times in the book of Acts. Don't, don't miss this. And it's manifest, manifested all throughout the Bible. As imparting power, boldness, holy fear, wisdom, guidance, divine transformation, spiritual gifts. And we can go on and on with healing, deliverance, and signs and wonders. The Holy Spirit fire sermons were, 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 were preached by Peter, seven by Peter, one by Stephen, 11 by Paul, one by James. And the Holy Spirit fire multiplied the church. And the apostles had a reputation of these are those who turned the world upside down. Acts begins with an, and concludes with a church on fire that spread across the Roman Empire unto our hearts today. I'm here today because someone got saved. My mother got filled with the Holy Ghost and she prophesied and she prophesied and she prophesied and she prophesied and never gave up. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. 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 My mother got saved. You know, I was preaching a message for Marvin Winans. I was debating whether to preach it here. I'll share you a little bit of it. Ezekiel 37, Valley of Dry Bones. Reminds me of Teen Challenge. And God said to, he said, Son of Man. Do you know it was 94 times, 94 times he's called the Son of Man, Ezekiel, in the book of, book of Ezekiel. Son of Man, can these bones live? You know God. Your work, God. He said, prophesy. And if you remember, and this hit me one day, he prophesied, but it wasn't enough. Only sinews came. Prophesy again. Skin came. They stood up. Prophesy again. He says, can they live? Yes, they can. He said, then prophesy the four breaths come. And the message that I shared, that I share often now is called, keep prophesying. Say that. Keep prophesying. Keep prophesying. Keep prophesying. Because some people don't get it the first time. Some people don't get it the first time. Some people don't get it the second. Some people don't get it the tenth time. One of my best friends who just passed away went through 17 teen challenges. Everybody gave up on me. There was times I fell down. I had to kick him out of my program. He spit on my face, on my knees, spits coming down. And I looked. I said, Wayne, God's going to save you. It took 15 years, and Wayne got saved and became a singer for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep prophesying. Hallelujah. Can I have the worship team to come up here as we just conclude this message? Give me five minutes. The piano player coming up. Listen, this morning when I woke up, that's all I was going to share was those two dynamics, Pastor, the Word and the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit in prayer convicted me and said, share the whole gospel with them. So the third one, it's not up there. Or it might be, I think we called. You called. Add to that. Number one, commissioned. Transform and commissioned by the word of God. Someone say word up. Transform and commissioned by the fire of God. Someone say fire up. And the third one, pastor, is transform and commissioned by the love of God. Am I right? It's the love of God. It's the love of God. It's the love of God. I told you about my mother and so forth. But I remember what took place in my life when I shot three bags of heroin into my younger brother's arm, Billy. I adopted Billy. If you look at me, you're seeing Billy. Just know that. We were twins, but we weren't. It was unbelievable. Two different mothers and fathers, but 
We were inseparable as Jonathan and David, pastor. Rob together did everything. We played ball. We would go. We, we, I was raised with NBA players, so we could do everything, dance, but, but we loved to get high. Became serious heroin addicts. I'm living in the backseat of a car with dogs. I'm lost. Billy's lost. Heroin addict, severe heroin addict. Couldn't find veins. So bad. 25, I'm 26. We caught four bags of heroin in uh, Lower East Side of Manhattan. And, and I, I'm in a van with him, and, I, and we were just so happy to get high. And so I hold his, I hold his, I hold his uh, arm to get a vein very hard, and we finally found a vein as we cooked it in a spoon, and I, sh we helped, I helped shoot it in there. As soon as it went in there, we discovered it was pure heroin. That's, what, that's why people overdose. So you might not understand why people overdose. It's a bad cut. It's a wrong cut. Not, not wrong cut, right? Don't get me wrong, but, all, you know, you're, you're taking usually pure. Somebody messed up the cut, and it's pure heroin. You can cut it again and again. They take too much. He took too much. He knew the last words he said was Jim. He looked in my face, and I knew what happened. And he bursted out. His back, his heart jolted and stopped, and his back broke through the door. I'm not kidding. This, this old, old van. We had a beat-up van with no windshields, a park bench in it. That's where I came from. I lived in there. And, and no license, no registration. I had no license. I, I didn't even know my social security number, 26. I didn't even know I had one, I'm telling you. The devil was so after me. We were just so messed up. And, and, and as Billy lay on the ground, I gave him mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. And I'm screaming and crying because it was gone. Time went. It's, it's all about time. Everything's time, and you have like two minutes. And then the brain seizes, the heart, no blood, oxygen. Three minutes go by, four, five minutes go by, no breathing, but I'm giving a mouth about pumping his chest. Dope fiends came, what, where's the heroin, man? Where do you get the heroin? They didn't care. They just want to know where'd you get the, the good dope. So I'm fighting them off. I'm screaming and crying, and finally paramedics came, and we opened up the door. They, no, they didn't open up the door. They just looked at him. And, and they said, what is it? I said, it's a heroin overdose. And I had taken one bag, and they shook their head. And that was it, doing nothing they just desensitized they don't care you know we deserve to die that was bad and i looked at them and i said open the doors i cursed them actually and i lifted his body they didn't even help me and i just stood there and said, open the doors and they opened the door and i took his body and he was like 175 pounds i'm 210 he should have been 210 but he's just so drained out and i put his body in the van i said cursed him out i said work on him and then i got on the side of the van and I remembered the God and the love of my mother, my mother's God, the one who would preach to me, tell me about Jesus. Man, my mother went after me with the love of God. My mother went after me. I would, and so, so as, 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 as he was in there, I got on my knees and I cried. I said, God, I lay, got on my knees and I said, God, would you please help us? And I said, God, I will commit something to you, and I promise you with everything I have, God, I'll never smoke, I'll never drink, I'll never do anything again in the rest of my life. I promise you, God, I'll serve you. I'll do everything. All the things of my mother, the flashing, the everything. Don't ever forget what you're preaching to your children and your family. They hear it. They know it. My mother would preach to me, my sister. I would curse them out. I would mock them, you born-again freaks, and walk away crying inside, saying, God, I need that. I just couldn't comprehend it. But I would let them know that. But at night, I would cry. 
keep prophesying. And I got on my knees and I said, God, if you're real, please bring him back to life. Suddenly, it was like a light shone from heaven that went into the van, I'm telling you. And Billy's body resurrected. And the doors broke open and Billy was alive and resurrected and jumped out of the van. And I grabbed him and hugged him and cried. And Billy and I entered Teen Challenge and we became ordained ministers for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Word is living, the Holy Spirit is real, and the love of God never fails. Come on, give Him a big shout. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Come on, stand today. Hallelujah. <coughs> I want to pray for you. Next, God, to touch us. <coughs> Peter, silver and gold, have I not? Some of us so believe the lottery is our answer, don't we? How many here played a lottery? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But if you hit the big one, talk to Pastor Phil and I. We'll get this building fixed. We just make sure you do. We laundry that baby. But think about it. Silver and gold have I not. But what I give to you. Think about that. But what I give to you. And you have it. We just got to share it. You have the love of God. You have the fire of God. You have the word of God. You've been transformed and commissioned. And I want to pray for every one of you. God would fill you with the fire, with a fresh anointing of love. Baptize you with a passion and a compassion for the lost world. How many here say, Pastor, please pray for me. Raise your hand. Say, I need that prayer. I need that prayer. Be honest. Be honest. I want you to get out of your seats, balconies, and come down here. Come on, run really quick. Come on. Come out. You raise your hand. Don't just don't move. Don't hesitate. Just come down. It's a time for prayer. We want to ask God to bless you. Ask God. God's got a mission. God's got a mission field for you. Come quickly. We want to pray and ask God to move in the miraculous. Come quickly. Come quickly. This is a message that your pastor called. Listen. Word and spirit time. Come quickly. Come closer. Come closer. There's many of you. We want to pray a baptism of love, a baptism of fire. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Come closer. Come closer. Come on. So everybody in the back can get close. Come closer. I was actually in India, literally stepped out to preach 
and I got a message, a telegram that gave my mother 24 hours to live. I jumped on a plane. I was supposed to continue and just got over. And anyway, my mother on her deathbed, I remember, it was so awesome. There she was. And all of us, her crazy lunatic sons and daughters, all went through hell, jail, and juvenile delinquents, all stood around. Born again Christians pastors and ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ you know what my mother said my cup runneth over my cup runneth over she believed all the way to the end she had a prophetic perspective and we need to do that don't ever lose that no matter how hard or how deep someone is as Corey Tin Boone said Jesus is deeper still when David Wilkerson went out to the streets of New York City, when he came home after the picture was taken, he said, Grandpa, his dad was dead. He said, Grandpa, he said, I failed. Grandpa said, call him Davey. No, Davey, you didn't fail. Because if you were to reach that youth, you would have thought your mission was over, Davey. Go back into the city. Go reach thousands and hundreds of them. You tell them what I taught you, son. I will, Grandpa. That God can change it, but... God can change anybody. And that's why we're here, because God can change anybody. I want to pray for you right now, for God to do a transformation in our place. It, us, our life is progressive. And, 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 and you don't really get a plateau. You got it. I'm here just because I'm serving. I don't need to hear the word. If I ever hear that some, somebody has said, boy, you lost. Like, I, Pastor Phil can't. I, I don't get fed anymore. I'm at this point. Then, boy, you have capped your heart for God to spill into your life. So we want to lead you in a prayer. Say this with me, please, because there's so many here and some of you may not be saved. Some of you need to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. This is your moment of time and all of us here need to get blood washed. Am I right? We live in a filthy world. Look at Isaiah 6. So I'd like to lead you in a blood wash prayer and a rededication of our walk with God. Say this with me all over the place. Dear Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins wash me with your blood with my mouth i confess that jesus christ you are my lord my savior my healer my deliverer and my redeemer i'm yours and you're mine in jesus name amen come on say say give god a big thank you come on Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to pray for you now for the filling of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray for you. But if you said that prayer and you rededicated your life, or maybe you're not saved, or you are whatever, and you said, today's your day, you crossed over, make sure you see pastor, and we have a Bible for you, and we want to pray for you, and I'll be here lingering and all that. We don't want to miss that out. If you're a new Christian today, or a person that just said, you know, I rededicated my life to the Lord through that prayer, we're here for you. But now I want to pray, God fill you with the Holy Ghost. I want to pray that we need to get back to Pentecost. Amen, Pastor. It's what birthed the church, and it's what's going to now continue to usher the church. I believe, like you do, Pastor, we are in our last days. 
And I want to tell you, folks, the church has to wake up. It's been sleeping. And the church is sleeping. It's been sleeping. And listen, you got adulterers, drug addicts, spot smokers, homosexuals that come out of the closet. It's time we get out of the box and we get out of the closet and we get filled with the Holy Ghost like Peter and John and the disciples and turn this world upside down for Jesus. Put your hands toward heaven and say this with me now. Heavenly Father, fill me with the love of God. Baptize me in the love of God. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Today, God, I need you and the Holy Spirit more than I ever did before. So in the name of Jesus, right now, I open up my heart. Flow through me. Flow in me. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Now I want everybody to begin to yell for 30 seconds. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I've got the victory. Come on, let's praise them together. Yes. Yes. Fill us, oh God. Fill us, oh God.